From Grain to Glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. And this is the best beer show on the internet. Mm, yes, indeedy. All right, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. They do a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. Um, Join the AHA, we'll give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage at blindnewsstudios.com and join today. Also, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Tyler Romanski, Hoppenberg Brewing, Brian Bryanson, Devin Stinson, Phil Feldman, and Dakota. 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 If <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> Oh, jeez. Uh, if you'd like to become a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindestudios and become a patron today. It's a great way to support us directly, and we really appreciate it. And uh, head over to blindestudios.com, click on the store link, or head over to teespring.com slash stores slash blindestudios, uh, where you can find some of our cool merch and stickers and that kind of thing. So go check that out, please. All right, Brian. Yes. What have you been up to, man? Dude. Uh, this it's so I guess we should probably get out the uh, the whole like sorry that we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, guys. Yeah, that's partially my fault. Um, it's partially my fault too. We it, yeah. we had a busy uh, whatever last month was. Uh, September. I can't believe how crazy September has been. I mean, though to take a uh, you know uh, an idea of starting a new brewery uh, in April. And making it happen by November 20th has been nothing short of Herculean. Got to hand it to the, the, uh, the Justin's sister, Danny, down in Spring Valley and our new brewer, Jason Paul. Uh, amazing stuff going on down there. So hopefully we'll have more information about that in the coming weeks, uh, about whether it'll be open on November 20th or not. But that's pretty much what I've been up to. Do a lot of traveling um, back and forth. Um, lots to do at the uh, actual Hop and Barrel facility. Yeah. Um, and have we recorded yeah. since you moved? I can't. I can't remember. Yes. Okay. We have. All right. Yeah, I was listening to the last episode. Actually, oh, good. Um, which I don't normally do, <laughs> <laughs> but I did because of the email from Bjorn, and I was like, "Yeah, we were a little scattered there." Oh well. Oh, that's yeah, because it was <laughs> it was yeah, right when we got. Uh, that's how she goes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. That's about it. Nothing too distinct. Uh, nothing super crazy beer related. Just uh, hanging in there, trying to get it all done. So, uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, not much. Just been busy, just mm-hmm. busy, busy, busy. Um, went to the Renaissance Festival, uh, which is sponsored by uh, Summit. Summit. Um, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Is it? No. Uh, Shells. Shells does it. That That's makes it. even yep. more sense. That makes way more sense. It is Shells. Um, and so I had a bunch of their beer. It was their Oktoberfest weekend, so it was a lot of their Oktoberfest. Nice. Um, and that's kind of it. Uh, did a Stein holding competition. What? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, me, Rick, and Carlos went, and we held Steins. It was in a big line, there was 25 people. Um, I was not the first one out. I waited until Carlos went out, and then I bowed out gracefully. That's... Um, and Rick made it to, uh, third. Really? Yep. How long? Uh, I, I didn't time it, but it was a while. Good lord. Yeah. 
joke about his right hand strength. Right? Yeah, it was definitely, <laughs> uh, definitely something. And he was wearing a kilt. It was delightful. Jeez. Um, but yeah, so that's not really beer news. So we'll just kind of move on. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know kinda. we have people who don't like it when we talk about How about we do a commercial calibration? Yeah, let's get. Um, yeah, so uh, today our, our beer of choice. Is that the, not the right word? You gave me two choices for this episode, and this is the one I chose. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we are doing Coors Banquet mm. um, from Golden, Colorado, uh, brewed with 100% Rocky Mountain water since 1873. Wow. Um, I did a little <laughs> research uh, to find the uh, see if they had like on their website if they had anything about the ingredient list. Um, they don't uh, on their so they have they have an entire uh, at Coors.com/ingredients. Right, they have all the stuff about banquet, right? So it says made of what, uh, what we're made of matters. Uh, from the source, talks about their like their some bullshit about a river, um, some more bullshit about a mountain, um, more bullshit about a river, and then, so, but, like nothing here makes any sense. Like it has nothing about the beer Jeez. itself. It's just all marketing nonsense. All marketing, I tell you. So uh, we'll just kind of figure out what we have. Uh, I do have the nutrition: uh, water, barley, uh, barley malt, corn syrup, yeast, and hop extract. Hmm. Um, but it's not high fructose corn syrup. It's just regular corn syrup. Well, is, I mean, what, that makes sense. That's, is that they had a disclaimer on there because they got in trouble for. Oh, you remember that? I do, I do, yes. Um, oh, God, that corn gate. Yep, corn gate. I, we probably talked about that on the air. We did. Like, it's that recent that, you know, well, then again, how long have we been, I've been doing this three well, years. Yeah, three or four years now. So, yeah, there's that. Um, all right, so pours, I mean, crystal clear. It's just mm -hmm. beautiful, light, golden color. Yep. I mean, it's like looking through a window. I tried um, to high pour it. I mean, even this. The the head dissipates almost immediately. Wow, watch it go. Oh, boy. Gone. Now yep. gone. And I high poured it, too. Yep. Uh, yeah, crazy. patented beer light has that. This is just a beautiful golden straw color. This is beer-flavored beer. Yep. Uh, aroma, very grain. Uh, like, uh, there's a grain sweetness. Grain, corn, grain. Corn. God, it smells like... Teen spirit? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, look at this. It says rooted in the West, and there's like a dirty cowboy like drinking a can of... Yep, or the shorty bottles. Yeah, I like those shorty bottles. Stubby bottle. Little stubbies. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's more to say about this. Uh, so flavor-wise, it's very sweet on the back end. Almost um, almost cornbready. Definitely cornbready. Uh, is... Got some zippy carbonation and is um, crisp. I think. It's yeah, it finishes very dry. The the word I was looking for. Well, I guess not. Like, I mean, it finishes dry. It's not super dry, but not, not like tannic dry, but it is definitely yeah. dry. Um, yeah, just it's very sweet, especially as it starts to warm up a little bit. Mm -hmm. It like that that corn really comes through. Uh, Mouthfeel is. I'd say like it's I don't it, it's it's light bodied, mm -hmm. but it's there. It's not like it's cool. there, light to medium. Yep, I'd say light. Yeah. And if you guys hear something that sounds like a small engine in the background, that's Landope, the yeah. studio dog panting. Yeah, we have a marathon recording session today, so I tried to run him a bit, wear him out. <laughs> 
But yeah, that, this is highly drinkable. I uh, drinkable. he asked me if I wanted to split one or if I wanted a whole can, and I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the whole can. Pace ourselves today, but yeah. Yep. All right. Well, should we dive right into our discussion topic? We should. All right. So uh, we are continuing our discussion on the hop oil extracts. If you remember, uh, two episodes ago, we did part one where we talked about what are hop oil extracts, um, how they're being, or um, and then why why we're interested in them. And basically, what we're looking at here is we're able to pull out and fractionalize some of these oils to mimic different uh, or uh, different hops at different stages during the brewing process. Um, and so now we're going to, during uh, two or discussion two here, we're going to talk about uh, what some of these uh, companies are doing and some of their processes and what makes these exciting at the home brewer and I guess even the pro brewer level because there is definitely some interesting stuff that could be done here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to start with Totally Natural Solutions, or TNS. Um, they have the new, uh, unique ability out of all of these uh, that we're going to talk about today to alter the concentrations of different hop compound classes. So they use a proprietary fractionization process to raise or lower specific compounds like uh, sesquiter- sesquiterpenes. sesquiterpenes, monoterpenes, etc., to target an extremely specific flavor profile. So this gives them a way to mimic different varieties of hops at different stages of the brewing process um, from a chemical standpoint completely. Interesting. Um, And so they have two main uh, products, which are hop shots, which are the fractionalized and then hop burst, which is just uh, the non-fractionalized compounds. What is fractionalized? So fractionalized, what we're talking about there. Wait a minute. Up here it says fractionation. Yep. So that's so the process. That's the process where they are is... they, they are splitting out all the uh, specific compounds okay. and then re-adding them back into the solution at different concentrations. Right on. Which completely uh, allows you to or which which allows you to completely target a specific hop profile. So say you're getting uh, you're getting too many terpenes or like monoterpenes, right? Which um, are attributed to like that grassy f- uh, flavor. Right. Um, you can back that way down and add more into a like in, into a beer to add more of that hop compound to really boost your um, your hop flavors. And these are the oxygen containing compounds. We've talked yep. about these before. Monoterpenes, alcohols, linalool, geraniol, uh, citronellol. Yep. These are the ones that are also very. Um, they're, they're very quick to uh, go out of solution. Mm-hmm. So being able to add them in, especially towards like after fermentation is complete, so you're no longer scrubbing out all of those compounds, being able to add these in is, I mean, it could be a game changer. Yeah. And again, uh, almost all of these oxygen-containing compounds are your, you know, words that we like a lot are fruity citrus, floral fruity uh, herbal fusel or a couple others that are uh, less so. But these oxygen-containing compounds are the kind of the some of the popular ones right now. All right. Um, yeah, so that's like, so I, I'm uh, TNS, Totally Natural Solutions, is probably the most exciting one here because of that fractionalization. 
um, being able to like, I mean, it's, it's designer hop compounds. Yeah. And, uh, I was talking about this, uh, with, with Justin a little bit yesterday, we gave a tour at the brewery and I think, I think it's another layer of excitement is that, that this is all so new and like this, so much can happen from here. Like again, like there's so much about hops and yeast that we just, just still don't know about. Right. And it's, yeah, this is, this is like cutting edge of mm -hmm. the, the brewing, uh, science. All right, so then we're going to move on to uh, Hopsteiner. Um, also, I don't think we mentioned this. Uh, go read this entire article. It's fantastic. Um, you can find it at scottjanish.com. Uh, it's, yeah, he did the, the, the hop book that we went through, um, and he's, he has some amazing research out there. Um, so Hopsteiner, um, they use traditional steam distillation and then thin film evaporation to get the um, the hops. So steam distillation takes leaf hops, boils them in water, condenses the vapor, and isolates the oils. Um, this process is also called um, uh, oil-type dry in Germany. Okay. Um, thin film evaporation. During the process, CO2 hop extract goes through a, th a thin film evaporator. Where extract is under vacuum, the oil is separated from the extract. One benefit to thin film evaporation is the price... Um, about $2 per gram from Hopsteiner. And the lower price is due in part to the ability to use a byproduct of creating the oils. So when you use steam distillation, you're, lo or you're losing a lot of, um, or well, it's, it, takes, it takes more. So you have all this like used up matter. And I guess there's a, um, a usable... Uh, byproduct uh, with the thin film, but okay. it well the takes thin longer looks to me like the thin film is another like conductive like evaporation happens via like another you know pretty much conductive heat transfer, mm -hmm. um, like counter counter current kind of a heating jacket around it and it evaporates up and it evaporates volatile compounds. Um, but uh, both both the oils uh, the same or. The oils, regardless of how they're made, are essentially the same uh, coming from Hopsteiner. Like, you're yeah. not getting different compounds in each one. No. Um, the majority of the compounds are myrcene, humulone, uh, caryophylline, and uh, farnesine. Got it. All right. Um, moving on. Oh, uh, there is a there is a oh, really cool. I should oh. mention really quick. The ones you just mentioned are the actual hydrocarbons, and yes. these ones they are extremely volatile. All those all the ones that you just mentioned, and that's more like the spicy character in hops um, from the sesquiterpenes. So yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So some people like uh, the thin film. Uh, because it operates under a vacuum and at temperatures hotter than 100 degrees C, therefore it can pull off more hop oil than uh, uh, that steam distillation doesn't. The only downside of thin distillation is the number of varieties is limited because they have to already be in extract form, where steam uh, distillation, there is no limit. And that's from Dr. Mai, uh, the, uh, one of the people at Hopsteiner. So that is what I should have read, and that's why I put it in my notes, and I just didn't read far enough. <laughs> This is what happens when I make my notes last week instead right. of right yeah. before the show. I got them. I received them last week, too. All right. Uh, Glacier Hops Ranch Hops Oil. Uh, and we've, you've heard of Hops Oil, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I have as well. Um, they've been around for a while now. Mm. Um, their oils are created by pe uh, pure steam distillation from fresh whole, 
hop cones after they are harvested. They see uh, them as having a sensory benefit compared to making oils with pellets uh, with supercritical CO2 technology. Um, none of their oils, including their blends, contain alpha or beta acids. This is one area where hops oil is unique in that the lack of alpha acids allows, allows for potential use in the whirlpool without worrying about bittering. So this is like liquid dry hopping, basically. Yep. You're reducing hop matter, increasing shelf life, reducing freight cost. Reducing but without the, the alphas and betas, mm -hmm. uh, if you're looking at making hazy IPAs and you want that that low bitter i like these would be good because you're not going to get any kind of isomerization interesting Ooh, i can uh request a free sample because i'm a commercial brewer i think i will do that Ooh, <laughs> and then can then give it to you Ooh, <laughs> hops oil there is definitely an mbaa technical report on this as well like a white paper which i don't if i don't know how many people listening probably don't have access to those papers but there is one yeah um and you can also get them by if you know who published them you can usually just email and ask be yeah, like hey mm -hmm. okay all right so that that kind of wraps up i mean it's exciting because like it's so new but it's also that we don't have a ton to talk about because it's so new yeah now more to come on that obviously. more to come yeah so i'm excited to play with it to see where where this kind of takes us um, and I'm really excited to see what commercial breweries are able to do with some of these designer, uh, hop oils. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, we got some listener mail, so let's do that, huh? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, so this email came in from Tyler. Uh, hello, Casey and Brian. I apologize in advance as I'm not very good at keeping messages brief. I've been following the Homebrew Bound podcast for approximately a year and a half. And I greatly enjoy the content you put you put out. You guys are entertaining and bring a great deal of brewing experience to the topics you discuss. Uh, in addition, as a UWRF alum, uh, that's our local university. It's uh, like in your backyard. Literally. Literally. You can see the soccer field. <laughs> uh, your discussions and references to River Falls and Hudson hit the nostalgia button just right for me. For example, I always used to refer to Dick's Liquor. Um, as dick lickers, as expected for an immature male student at UWRF. Us too. Us too, and we're not students. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I digress. Uh, but thanks for the content, and I hope uh, for many years of content to come. I have a few questions I wanted to ask. Feel free to include the questions in any testimonial statements in the podcast or not. Well, I'm doing that. I'm also breaking it up, like you say here. Uh, for some context with regard to some of the questions, after attending UWRF, I moved uh, to the UP of Michigan, uh, for those uh, not in the know, uh, Upper Peninsula. The Upper Peninsula of Michigan touches Wisconsin just a little bit. Youpers. Youpers. And actually should be part of Wisconsin. And there was a small uh, skirmish fought over that. Oh, my. Yeah. Did you not know that? It's I didn't. And I don't know why anyone would want to skirmish over. Because <laughs> it's supposed a, to be. It makes more sense for it to be ours. Damn it. that's so garbage. <laughs> They got a really big bridge, and we wanted it. Ugh. All right. Um, uh, for I moved to the UP of Michigan for graduate school. I completed my studies in April and recently moved back to the Twin Cities area. We are closing on a house in Vadness Heights at the end of October. Uh, you could even make a new segment, How to Beer in Wisconsin, or Western Wisconsin in the Twin Cities. Anyway, the questions are as follows. We're going to uh, talk about this first one here. 
um, which is what breweries or beers do you recommend trying in the greater Twin Cities area? Obviously, Hop and Barrel is on the list. We hope to make the trek to Hudson soon, uh, but I'll be honest, I'm a bit overwhelmed uh, with the options at the local liquor stores. The UP isn't exactly laden with selection, nor was RF when I was there, so this is a bit of a new experience for me. My go-to accessible beers uh, have been Bell's Two Hearted, uh, Pilsner or Cow. What did we tell the devster about Bell's Two Hearted? Uh, prepare to be whelmed. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a ubiquitous beer that from time to time, it, it just, it depends on the distributor, but it, unfortunately it, it get it's stale sometimes. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, okay, whatever. And we walk in and there's like, you know, small Wisconsin town, towny bar, there's six taps and, and I'd say nine times out of 10, there's bells too hearted. Mm-hmm. So you're like, let's go for it. Sometimes it sits and then it's stale. So <laughs> prepare to be whelmed. Compared to be whelmed. Uh, Pizzler or Quell, uh, which he requests a commercial calibration, yeah. as we can probably do. Yes. And Medella Negra, uh, if that helps. When I was in RF, I was also a big fan of Rush River's Double Bubble and Nevermore. Yeah. Um, so I think this opens up a broader topic of how do you find and like get a, get a feel for a local or like a new beer scene? Uh, you have a little bit of experience with this moving from the Twin Cities to, like, the, I guess, the Western Wisconsin beer scene. Like, yeah. And you had a little bit of a leg up because you were moving in as a brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that the more rural you get, the the more and the smaller breweries that you end up running into. And so, for example, like, you know, Spring Valley or Rochester, that southern Minnesota area, or maybe out out this way... Um, there's a bunch of little small ones kind of dotting the map, which is neat. And I would highly recommend just to have one beer at all of them. <laughs> and then you, you find the one you like and stick with that one. You know, I, I think my, my, my favorite, you know, uh, little one in the Twin Cities. There's one, actually, they're not little. My, one of my favorite ones in the Twin Cities is Bad Weather Brewing. It's in St. Paul. But he did mention Rush River, and I have... Hundred percent, always been a fan of of Rush River, and God, was it um, two thousand six? Found me drinking Bubble Jack, yeah. And he references here Double Bubble, which is their double version of yep. Bubble Jack. And I yeah, with honey, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, huge fan of Rush River, always have been, always will be. They make some really cool beers. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, um, I try them all, uh, you know. And then, and then, like I said, stick with them. I, I, and I'm still guilty of not getting to them all. Like, what did I? Which one did I just check out? Lucette. Yep. In Menominee. Yeah, yeah. And I had been telling you about them for I think multiple years now. Their beer you know, has like, always been solid, and but their pizza, dude. The the pizza was ridiculous. And I said that to the the whoever the beer tender was, and her like bright smile on her face, and she was like, "There was a dude in here from California who said that was like hands down the best pizza." I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty, great. pretty close to the best. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a cool thing to check out if you've got a brew pub. Yeah, pizza wise. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's not really much to add there. It it is it is hard to kind of break in, um, and I would say go ask, especially if it's slow. Um, talk to your beer tender and say, hey. What other breweries would you recommend hitting? Or another one. So 
uh, I, I'm bringing this up because a, a good old friend of mine, Al McCarty, was kind of you know the guy who was getting all the cool beers and putting them on at this like random Ethiopian restaurant that had heavy metal shows at it. <laughs> um, Blue Nile. That's, uh, that's I'm <laughs> guessing Minneapolis. Yeah, yep, Blue Nile. Very Minneapolis. You, you could get like like um, Cuvée de Jacobins Rouge on tap. What? And then you'd be listening to like a death metal band at an Ethiopian restaurant. Like, yes, you you I had to say it twice because it's that ridiculous. It was that ridiculous. It's not it's not around anymore. So my point here is that now Al works at a craft beer liquor store. So what I would do is go to your the local or the one where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with all these options at the liquor store. Ask them who is the craft guy here. I mean, maybe there's more than one craft guy there. I don't know, but find their craft guy and and grill grill that dude. Just be like, well, what's up? <clears throat> what's up with this area? You know, you're in Vadness Heights. Um, yeah, Vadness Heights over by, um, I think, Roseville. Bent Bruce Dillery's in yep. that area. Yep. Um, uh, Urban Growler. Urban Growler. They've always had pretty solid beer. Yeah. Um, bunch of stuff. Isn't there a new brewery in Roseville, too, that's... Maybe. I don't, I, I don't get to that area of the cities anymore. I definitely don't either. Ever since like, we stopped working in Little Canada. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, that was very local. Uh, <laughs> Twas. Hyper. Well, should we, uh, should we get out of here and record yeah. the next one? Yeah, I was going to say, Tyler, thanks uh, for the mail. And when you do, if well, any listener, if you guys do uh, end up making it out to Hop and Barrel, make sure you send me a message. I'll meet you up. I'll buy a round. Um, and we will get to Pilsner or Quell and Modela Negra for Calabas. Uh, I think we've done Modela Negra. Oh, yeah, we did. Yep, uh, but Pilsner and Cal, um Andy Higginbottom in the chat uh, yes. seconded it. So Sweet. We'll have to now definitely have to. do that. Thanks, Andy. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, uh, comments, or show ideas, uh, go ahead and just shoot us an email at feedback at You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash You can follow us on Twitter at blinderscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Yes. Yes.